Up next, Rob Smith is problematic, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. Athlete Gwen Berry is making all kinds of headlines this week for turning her back on the national anthem after placing third in the hammer throwing event at the Olympic trials with a t-shirt that said activist athlete slumped over her head. So she will be representing Team USA at the Olympics, but what does this say about how she feels about America? Well, she hates it. This is Rob Smith is Problematic. week, the name on everyone's tongues have been Gwen Berry. You probably have not even heard of this person before earlier this week. This was a middling athlete. She throws the hammer. Um, She just qualified for the Olympics. She's been competing uh, for a while now, I guess. But earlier this week, she made an attempt and, and, you know, she got what she was coming for. She made an attempt at a viral moment. Basically, what she did was she kind of turned her back on the national anthem as it was played at at the Olympic trials. Um, She turned her back on it. Um, She got a photo of her in this picture with, you know, the the top one and two finisher, you know, hands on their chest, you know, um, stood toward the flag. She is turned away from it. And then there's other photos of her with a shirt that says activist athlete. So this was somebody that was very obviously trying to get some attention. And she got it. Everybody in conservative media um, is talking about her and basically bashing her. Um, Dan Crenshaw, Congressman Dan Crenshaw, thinks that she shouldn't even be representing um, Team USA at the Olympics. Now, you know, Gwen Berry, it's really funny when you go to her Instagram at Ms. Berry Throws, M-Z-B-E-R-R-Y Throws. um, Her Instagram is basically... It's basically a B, or excuse me, her Twitter is basically BLM Twitter. Okay. So the um, profile photo is her in front of a George Floyd mural. Of course, she's in front of a George Floyd mural um, with a sign that says, I see no changes. Her pin tweet says, It's time for real change. Athletes must continue to bring awareness to the systemic oppression blacks have endured for centuries. We should never be silenced and punished for speaking out. And, you know, this was promoting some piece that she did with New York Times Opinion. Uh, this was way back in September of 2020. So obviously, she was, she has been, you know, going for this moment for quite some time. And obviously, you know, this is like red meat for a lot of conservative media. And, you know, I wasn't even sure that I wanted to take it on, but I, I had to take it on because I speak about the things that everybody else is speaking about, but but I bring my perspective to it. And when I saw a lot of conservative media, it's just, it's just a very obvious, you know, she hates America, you know, she's not standing for the anthem, and all of that stuff is really valid, right? Um, but what I really wanted to do is I want to break down the content controversy behind the national anthem. Now, as you know, with Colin Kaepernick starting to take a knee and he created that whole that whole movement, you know, some call it a movement, some, I call it a hustle, basically, uh, where people are protesting the anthem as a way to protest, you know, police brutality and quote unquote, systemic racism uh, and oppression and all of the other buzzwords. So um, we only sing the first verse, really, of the national anthem, right? Um, 
And so what she is protesting, what they're basically saying is they're protesting the second half of the third verse of the the, the, the national anthem, uh, which nobody ever sings, by the way. This is not anybody ever sings. So I'm going to read you this. I'm going to read you something from the Washington Post because they did a breakdown of this. And I think it's important to have a little bit of context, right? So the second half of the third verse reads like this. No refuge could save the hireling and slave from the terror of flight or the gloom of the grave and the star-spangled banner in triumph doth, doth wave over the land of the free and the home of the brave. Um, and, and so this is this is according to Washington Post, and they interviewed a lot of um, national anthem historians. These lyrics are a clear reference to the colonial marines, according to Jefferson Morley, author of Snowstorm in August, Washington City, Francis Scott Key, and the Forgotten Race Riot of 1835. Obviously, Francis Scott Key, um, the person that wrote The Star-Spangled Banner. They are clearly meant to scorn and threaten the African-Americans who took the British up on their offer, right? So this was an offer by the British for, you know, black people, you know, come fight for us against America, blah, blah, blah. We'll, we'll, we'll have you be free, all of that other stuff. Um, so this is what he wrote um, in an essay for the Washington Post. He surely knew about the colonial Marines, and it's possible he saw them among the contingent of British ships that sailed into Baltimore Harbor. But Clark Clegg, a musicologist at the University of Michigan and an expert on the anthem, disagrees. In 2016, he told the New York Times, the reference to slaves is about the use and in some sense the manipulation of black Americans to fight for the British with the promise of freedom. He also noted that black people fought on the American side of the war as well. Uh, you know, so this is very some very interesting kind of historical context, right? Um, and it is very very, you know, it's a part of American history to say that Francis Scott Key himself owned slaves at the time he wrote the song in 1814. But as the New York Post um, says, this was Kyle Smith who did um, an opinion piece on this, and I think that this is a brilliant take on this. He said, this is all just trivia if no one is actually singing the verse anymore, and they aren't. Nobody even sings the second verse. The third verse is a dead letter. It's like opposing the U.S. Constitution because it used to fail to guarantee voting rights for women or indeed hating the United States because it used to accept slavery. So I think that's a really good point right here. And, and it's really interesting to me that there was um, an interview that I saw with Gwen Berry and she was talking about, oh, the reference to slaves and all this other stuff. And it just like completely lacked any kind of historical context, the historical context that this Washington Post piece um, in the New York Post piece that I just read to you sort of adds to the equation, right? And so now she's trying to come back around and say that, you know, her protesting the anthem and having the, you know, the George Floyd thing on her Twitter and turning her back to the anthem and literally slumping a T-shirt that says activist athlete onto her head. This doesn't have anything to do with hating America. Um, you know what? This is what she says. I'm going to play you this side and then I'm going to respond to this. Uh, what is your response to people that are sort of demonizing or choosing to take what you did in a negative light? What do you say to the folks that now say, why be on uh, Team USA if you don't want to represent the flag? I never said that I didn't want to go to the Olympic Games. That's why I competed and got third and made the team. I never said that I hated the country. Never said that. All I said was I respect my people enough 
to not stand or acknowledge something that disrespects them. I love my people, point blank, period. And so, you know, this is obviously a deflection because everybody knows the thing about it is, and what I hate about where we are in society right now, is that the national anthem and the American flag have been so polarized because people have decided to start using them to, to sort of push this this super far-left, radical, sort of um, anti-American agenda that black people are being manipulated into, um, you know, just getting on board with, right? And so you can't tell me, and, and I think she's lying through her teeth right now, because I think that, honestly, to tell you the truth, I think that the response hasn't been what she expected. And, I, and I'll tell you why. But first, I think that she is lying through her teeth when she says that, oh, this isn't about hating America and this is about hating the flag. Of course it's about hating America. Of course it's about hating the flag. Of course it's about, quote unquote, making a statement. You have been out here trying to do this since September of 2020. You thought you were going to get a viral moment from a New York Times sort of like video story and then nobody cared. And so now you are trying to do it again. And the thing about it is, and, and this is what I said. She's not getting the response that she wanted, okay? This is how it went in her head. How it went in Gwen Berry's head was that she was going to make this statement and it was going to be this enormous viral moment and she was going to become um, the media darling of the left, you know, a la Kaepernick, a la whoever, you know. She wasn't going to be doing that sot that I just played for you is on something called the Black News Channel, which nobody watches and is completely irrelevant. And, and honestly, to tell you the truth, the reporter that was interviewing her on this channel wasn't even like one of their big names or their head reporters. So she thought that she was going to do the circuit. She thought she was going to be on Don Lemon's show. She thought she was going to do Rachel Maddow. She thought that Hollywood was just going to make her, you know, a, another queen of the resistance. She thought all of this stuff was going to happen. And it is quite obvious as this week close out and as she's, she becomes less and less relevant um, that this did not happen. For her, she is not being lionized by the mainstream media. Um, Hollywood has not come calling. It is like her Twitter is basically just her battling um, conservative media personalities back and forth, right? The reason why I say that this hasn't been working out in the way that she expected it to is because none of this stuff has happened for her. And it is not happening for her. And so now she is in, and what I think is that she's getting a lot of pushback on the back end as well. That's why everything seems so muted. That's why, you know, this BNC um, interview is about her sort of, sort of backpedaling. Well, I never said I hated America. This is about my people and this is about black people. She's backpedaling because this is not working out in the way in which she intended. So she really did overplay her hand. So she wanted to become another Colin Kaepernick. She wanted to become um, very famous and very wealthy and very well known. She wanted um, she wanted Nike endorsements. She wanted sponsorships. This for her is a hustle. This was about her trying to make money. This is what this is really all about. And literally on her Twitter in the pinned tweet about the New York Times opinion piece that she wrote, she said in her words, here I am, a black broke woman saying that what they are doing to other black people is wrong. She is telling you that she is broke. 
Okay. And the thing that irritates me the most about stuff like this is that people that are conservative leaning black people like myself, like, you know, Candace Owens, Kim Klasik, uh, Brandon Tatum, others, they always tell us that they always say, oh, you know, these black people that are conservative are only doing this for money. Absolutely not. I don't think that people realize that there is a whole hustle out there for black people who just want to be leftists, okay? And if you toe the line, you will become a multi-millionaire. Gwen Berry was broke. In her own words, she said she is a black, broke woman. This moment was really about nothing more than trying to raise her profile trying to make herself relevant, and trying to make money. And it is a sad state of American affairs today, while we're heading into the 4th of July weekend, that for so many prominent African Americans in this society, hating America and spitting on the flag and turning your back on the national anthem and, and basically saying that America is awful and evil and racist and white supremacist and all of this other stuff, this is a way for them to go make money. It's actually sad. And these people claim up and down that they hate capitalism. They will say things like late-stage capitalism. Um, I bet Patrice Cullors, co-founder of Black Lives Matter, hates capitalism as well, but she has a real estate portfolio worth $3.5 million. Gwen Berry, you overplayed your hand. You thought that you were going to become rich and famous by being an activist, by being a black American that hates America and turning your back on the flag and all this other stuff. You really overplayed your hand and you underestimated um, the amount of pro-American sentiment. And, and this is the thing about what, how the left works. With the left, it's okay for them to, to, to respect America and love America or whatever because they got what they wanted. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are there. So the anti-American stuff is still going to be there, but it's not going to be as intense. And it's certainly not going to be as intense um, with them supporting an Olympic athlete that is going to represent Team USA at the Olympics doing this because the handlers that control all of these super far-left black people that are making all of this money um, by being anti-American, anti-national anthem, whatever, their handlers in the mainstream media um, stand to make billions of dollars off of the Olympics. So they're not going to encourage that stuff. And so this is where Gwen Berry overplayed her hand. She said that it was about her people. Gwen Berry, this is not about black people. You are not doing this for me. You are not doing this for other black people. You are doing this for yourself because you were broke and you were trying to hustle to get some money. And the sad thing for you and the sad thing for this entire situation is that you are not going to be successful. You overplayed your hand. Nobody cares. The left is not encircling um, their arms around you because you don't know how this game really works. Because the mainstream media that has so much money invested in the Olympics that has billions of dollars to make, their little black liberal handlers are not going to embrace you because the mainstream media tells them so. So Gwen Berry, nice try. I'm sure you will pull more stunts in the future. But to everybody else, I say it's time to ignore this person. I mean, honestly, Gwen who? Next up, COVID vaccines and the weird push to get all of us to take it by shaming us. It drives me absolutely crazy. And I'm going to tell you who's doing this and why it drives me crazy after the break. 
Our national COVID nightmare is finally coming to an end. Thank God. These vaccines are out. People are taking them. Life is getting back to normal. I think that for me, life will get back to normal once I can get on a plane again and not have a flight attendant bother me about putting the stupid mask over my nose. It is ridiculous. It is theater. It makes no sense. It is keeping nobody safe. It is completely absurd. And I am so tired of it. So when I can get on a plane and not have the stupid mask on my face, that's when I know that the COVID nightmare will officially be over. And now it's almost like there is a mental fog that is lifting. Now, if you've listened to people like me or Buck or Jesse Kelly or anything else, or if you've listened to my podcast, Rob Smith is Problematic, which is available on iHeart Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. So please check that out. Or if you follow me on Twitter at Facebook, uh, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at Rob Smith Online, you know that me and a lot of other conservative media figures were questioning a lot of this stuff immediately, like all the time. We were questioning a lot of the stuff that was pushed to us and fed to us by the people of charge and people in charge. And now we realize that so much of what was fed to us was utter ridiculousness. It was not real. I remember, oh my goodness, do you remember on, on the news networks where some of them were trying to push double and triple masking? There was actually, oh my God, there's some idiot that goes into this gym in my building. I um, mean, there's some idiot that still has two masks on. It is, it is utterly ridiculous. But now we're realizing that so much of the stuff that was being pushed to us was not about keeping us safe. It was all about their control. It was all about their control. We watched as the elites partied. We watched as Governor Gavin Newsom had, uh, you know, dinner at a five star restaurant that had a $20,000 wine bill. We, we watched as Nancy Pelosi got her hair done when she made other, you know, when, when she presided over some of the lockdowns. We, we watched when Mayor Lori Lightfoot in Chicago, who's currently failing Chicago right now, and we'll get into her a little bit later. But we watched how she talked about how, well, you know, she's a public figure and she has to look at all of this other stuff. So we watched the hypocrisy. And now all of this stuff is rounding a corner because there's a vaccine. Now, look, I personally think that it is great that there is a vaccine. I think that the development of this vaccine is one of the biggest wins in American history because you have to think about this stuff and think back to when the people on the left, they said um, Donald Trump can never do this or this administration can never do this. or We can never get this many vaccines out of that. Think about the fact that this vaccine was out less than a year after all of this stuff started. It is actually great. Um, this is actually a very great development for anyone who wants to take this vaccine. I think that it is great that there's a vaccine. I think that it is a true American success story. What I do not like and what I what really infuriates me to no end is this massive sort of pressure and public shaming that is being put on Americans to take this vaccine. And it's weird. There was this musical on the Late Late Show. I think it was like James Corden and Ariana Grande. And there was they were like doing this takeoff of Hairspray. I wish that I would have thought to get a clip of you. It is the the most sort of the, the Republican, uh, Republican, repugnant and cringe thing that I've ever seen. And so it's this massive push 
to get people to do to make a personal health decision with your own body, right? Remember, this is the pro-choice crowd, right? This is the my body, my choice, but it's not my body, my choice when it comes to this vaccine because there is a weird push to get you to take it. Now, if you've been following this and if you know anything about COVID, if you know anything about all of this stuff, you realize that Number one, if you're literally below 75, you will likely recover. It's something like a 90, it's a 95% recovery rate under 75. And I believe that it just, it, it, you know, gets a little bit less over 75 because this was primarily, um, a disease and, and a, and a, 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 a virus that affected much older people. And those were the people that now looking back at it, that should have just been quarantined and kept safe and everybody else should have just been able to go ahead and live their lives. In fact, this is what they told um, Fauci and Fauci ignored it and went into lockdowns because that, you know, the lockdowns accelerated the kind of great reset theory. And this is all their control. And I won't get into that. But, you know, you know what I'm talking about. So. If you already had COVID, you have antibodies. I had COVID last year. It was a rough three days. I didn't go to the hospital. As a matter of fact, I, I, I worked out hardcore the first day. I thought I was just um, feeling under the weather because I was doing a lot of traveling last year. So I got COVID, got over it in three days. It was fine. It was all good. You know, I recovered. You will likely recover if you had COVID or if you get COVID. And if you already have it, you had it, you have antibodies, right? And what I don't like is this idea that you are somehow failing your fellow Americans or you are somehow not doing your part or you are somehow a bad or wrong or evil person if you make the decision in your own life not to take this vaccine. There is a lot of stuff that has been going around about that vaccine, about some of the effects on people. Remember, um, Johnson and Johnson paused their vaccine. There was a lot of stuff that was going on, but it's almost like and what I the thing that I hate the most is don't tell me that I'm not allowed to ask a question. Don't tell me that there's something that I'm not allowed to question because I question everything. I question everything, and I invite you all to question everything. Question me, question Buck, question Jesse, question everybody, question everybody and everything that you hear. But I do not like the idea that this vaccine and what's in it and its effects on you and all of that stuff is something that you are not able to question. I was uh, hearing a story. There was a... um. A young lady, I, I don't know if this is a story that I read or if this was, I think this is just an interpersonal story. I think this is just something that a friend was telling me. Um, a young lady that is in West Point right now, um, and that has big concerns about the effects that this vaccine may have on, on her fertility and on her ability to have children and all this stuff in the past. And they are trying to literally force this woman to take this vaccine. And I, I, I disagree with that with every bone in my body. I fundamentally disagree with the idea that anybody, even people that work in healthcare, should be forced to put a foreign substance into their body that they do not want in their body. I do not agree with that, particularly a foreign substance that was developed very rapidly, particularly a foreign substance, the long-term effects of which are not known. And no, this is not the same as MMR, as like measles, mumps, and rubella. Like all of this, it's not the same as that because that stuff has been around for, for a very long time. And we know long-term effects. We know that stuff. We do not know the long-term effects 
of what this vaccine could be, you know, and I do not believe in the shame game. And I do not believe in the idea that people should be shamed into putting a foreign substance in their body. Now, there's a lot of people that are in media that will not say, you know, they refuse to say whether they're vaccinated or not. And there's a lot of people that have much more prominent positions than me. Um, that are, let's say, you know, the people that are there on Fox News or that are, you know, contributors or, or, or have a show, whatever, and they will not say that they're vaccinated, whether they're vaccinated or not. They will not say it. I will personally tell you that I will not take the vaccine. It is not for me. My mother took the vaccine. My grandmother took the vaccine. My grandmother is 85 years old. Okay. I encourage her to take the vaccine. Because if for me, with my grandmother, if at this stage in her life, she feels that she needs that to be comfortable with going out and continue to live her life, God bless, and I gave her every blessing in the world. Same with my mother, who has uh, pre-existing conditions, that if she, you know, if, if she got coronavirus, she would, she would be hospitalized, and it would not be good. So she, of course, she took the vaccine, and I was happy and willing for them to take that vaccine. It is not a personal choice that I decided to make, and I do not feel that it is a personal choice that anybody, politicians, celebrities, um, people with blue check marks on Twitter that think that that makes them, I don't know, the arbiters of what is good in society, there is nobody that should be shaming anybody else into taking this vaccine. It is ridiculous. And to me, there's something un-American about that. Because you do not take away the choice for people to make decisions with their own body and their own health. You do not do that. And what I hate the most is that there are even Republicans, even a Republican governor that is basically shaming people who have decided not to take this vaccine. I will tell you who he is and what he said right after the break. So I do not believe that anybody should be shamed into taking the coronavirus vaccine. I do not believe that anybody should be forced or bullied or made to feel like they're lesser of a person or anything like that um, to take this coronavirus vaccine. I do not believe that. I believe that. The decisions that we make with our own bodies are our decisions to make. It is not something to be mandated by your employer. It is certainly, certainly not something that should be mandated by any school systems, public or private. I know that, you know, I, if you guys know who I am, Rob Smith, uh, find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Rob Smith Online. I'm a senior contributor with Turning Point USA. I do a lot of work with Turning Point USA, um, on college campuses. We, we talk about, you know, freedom and, and we try to, um, inspire conservative and, and conservative leaning college students on campuses, um, to speak up and be open about their beliefs. But I know that on a lot of college campuses nowadays, you have, um, college campus is saying that you have to be vaccinated in order to come here. I do not believe in this. I believe that it is un-American. I believe that shaming people into making personal decisions with their own body is un-American. But now, and I, and, and, and look, I thought I, I must have been mistaken because I thought that this would be something, an idea that would be shared by conservatives and Republicans and freedom-loving people. I thought that freedom-loving people would be about 
the freedom of Americans to make their own personal decisions and their own choices about their own health care. But apparently to West Virginia Governor Jim Justice, Jim Justice is a Republican who does not believe in freedom for his people. This is him. And I want to play you for this. This is him railing on people that have decided not to take this vaccine. Play clip seven. Well, when you turn your back and say, nope, I'm not doing that. All you're doing is entering the death drawing. There were six. There were six today. How many is there going to be the next time we sit down? How many is there going to be on next Tuesday? I'm betting it'll be eight or nine. I mean, if I knew, and then I'll quit. If I knew for certain that there was going to be eight or nine people die by next Tuesday, and I could be one of them if I don't take the vaccine, what in the world do you think I would do? I mean, I would run over top of somebody because I don't want to take the chance when the when the wheel spins that it could come up. Jim Justice, I don't want to take that chance. Well, number one, this guy's an idiot. And number two, look, anybody that knows anything about the coronavirus knows that if you've already had it, you have antibodies. And if you were literally under 80, um, you're most likely to survive and not even be hospitalized. We all know this right now. We know um, the the. Most of the people that were hospitalized, we are now realizing had pre-existing conditions. I believe that there was a study where they said 78% of hospitalizations um, from coronavirus were people that were obese. So the vast majority of Americans do not have anything to worry about. And they're certainly not entering into some death lottery if they decide not to inject a foreign substance into their bloodstream. And so now this is crazy. And and what you know, and, and I never thought that a Republican governor from West Virginia um, and Joe Biden in the Biden administration would have something in common, because this is these people cannot comprehend the fact that some people just do not want to take this vaccine. And in Biden's case, he's making it. Of course, he's making this stuff all about Latino immigrants. Um, and now he's trying to say that there are some Latinos um, that don't want to be vaccinated because they're afraid that, you know, they're going to get deported or something like this stuff is ridiculous. Like uh, play uh, 13. Listen to Joe Biden on this. There's a reason why it's been harder to get for people. There's a reason why it's been harder to get African-Americans initially to get vaccinated because they used to be an experiment on the Tuskegee Airmen and others. People have memories. People have long memories. It's awful hard as well to get Latinx vaccinated as well. Why? They're worried that they'll be vaccinated and deported. So look, from day one, something that Governor Cooper has been totally focused on is making sure we get as many people vaccinated, particularly people who don't have access to health care usually. So, of course, this is ridiculous, of course. And it's so funny listening to Joe Biden struggle to say Latinx. That is just not a word. It is Latino like Latinx is another just made up leftist term. But look, I'm going to say this. He made a lot of sense when he talked about exactly why um, some black people have vaccine hesitancy. Right. Uh, and so, and look, this idea that Latinos are afraid to get vaccinated because they're afraid of being deported is completely ridiculous. Like, it's like, come on, come on. That's just not that's not real. But when he talked about the Tuskegee experiment, he was absolutely right. Yeah, people have long memories and people know history. There is a reason that 
black and Latino people are literally among the least likely to get vaccinated. Like I told you guys, I am black. I know about the Tuskegee experiments. Like we, and if you don't know about the Tuskegee experiments, this was basically way back in the day. They, um, injected black men with syphilis to see the results. That was the, the, the uh, Tuskegee experiments is horrific, right? It's horrifying. This is, this is government experimentation. This, uh, this is, you know, this fuels a fear and a distrust of the government. So, do I think that the government's trying to experiment on us with vaccines or anything like that? Absolutely not. I just don't know what's in it. And I don't want to put it in my body. And remember, and this is so funny. Remember a few weeks ago, you, you know, I, I do this stuff and, and I watch all of this stuff a lot. Um, because I want to always have, um, I want to always be able to grab on to something that the left has memory holds. So a couple of weeks ago, the left was saying that. It was those white male Republicans that were keeping us from the fully vaccinated utopia that the left was promising. They wanted 70% of the population vaccinated, then everything could be open again, and we could just, the streets would be paved with gold, and we would be sliding down rainbows to go to work, and everything would just be amazing if it wasn't for those white male Republicans. Remember that? Remember when white male Republicans were the bad guys because they were the most vaccine hesitant? And it turned out that that is not true at all. That is not the case. The people that are the most vaccine hesitant are African Americans and Latinos for good reason. But it is completely ridiculous for Joe Biden to say that Latinos have vaccine hesitancy because they're afraid to be deported. Nobody gets deported under the Biden administration. They're not even deporting violent criminals anymore. They are not even they are not even deporting people that were convicted of violent crimes. They're not even doing that anymore. This is the most, this is what Lindsey Graham said on a clip I used yesterday. This is a pro illegal immigration administration. So no fear of getting deported is not why these people are not taking the vaccine. Maybe it's just the fear of putting an unknown substance into their bodies. And instead of trying to shame and bully people into taking this vaccine, perhaps they could just rely on the antibodies and rely on the people that want to take this thing and we can just move forward because I am tired of people trying to be shamed into taking these vaccines. Before we go, I want to thank my fellow problematics so much for listening. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. You can also find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Rob Smith Online. Special thanks to our producer, John Cassio, researcher Aaron Kliegman, and executive producers, Debbie Myers and speaker Newt Gingrich, part of the Gingrich 360 Network.